to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you're all doing very, very, very well, as we are just a few days away from the derby between Roma and Lazio, and on a day where Roma are very surprisingly, very out of nowhere, ready to welcome Chris Smalling from Manchester United as their latest reinforcement. So I'm not going to Babylon. I'm going to bring on Chris Winterburn from Marca's English website. So you can find him on Twitter at CM Winterburn. And Chris also writes for various outlets. He's a freelance English journalist, but he does write quite a bit on Manchester United. So I was happy to welcome him on and discuss Chris Smalling with him, the move to Roma, strengths, weaknesses, all that good stuff. And then once Chris, uh, once I in the interview with Chris, Andy will come on and he and I will discuss further Chris Smalling, the derby against Lazio and all the other transfer rumors that are happening uh, in this moment in regards to Roma. Before I bring Chris on, again, if you want to support the podcast website, get extra episodes, early access to the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press or the support page at the top of romapress.net. And again, uh, with the season being back, if you are playing fantasy football please make sure you go to fantasycityot.com and support our wonderful friends at euro fantasy league they have games for all the leagues and with the champions league draw having just taken place today they also have their champions league game as well so they have their city they have their champions league game premier league Ligue spanish league bundesliga they have all of it so if you want to play fantasy football please EuroFantasyLeague.com or for their City A game, FantasyCityA.com. So let me welcome Chris Winterburn onto the podcast now. Again, you can find him on Twitter at CM Winterburn. He writes for Marca's English website and he also writes for various publications and is very, very knowledgeable when it comes to Manchester United. So here is Chris, and then immediately after Chris, Andy and I will be on to discuss all of the other news and happenings in regards to Roma. So, without further ado, here is Chris. Okay, everybody, Chris is here with me now, so very happy to have him on in this absolutely crazy day where Roma are ready to welcome Chris Smalling from Manchester United. So, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? Uh, it's my pleasure. I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you guys? Doing very well. So very excited to have you on because the uh, the perspective or the uh, the reaction to this move from Roma supporters seems to be very, very split. There's some who are pleased with it. There are many who are very angry with this uh, just because Smalling will be the one to replace Costas Manolas, who obviously left for Napoli. So from from your perspective, Chris, um, is this a good move for Roma? I think you have to look at it in two ways. If you look at Roma's current defensive options, I think Smalling probably fits in. As you said, Manolas is gone. Is he a perfect replacement for Manolas? No, nowhere near. But if you look at the centre of defensive options at Roma at the minute, Smalling's probably going to not be an improvement on all of them, but he'll certainly be as good as the best defender you've got. 
how would you characterize or what would you describe as his strengths or weaknesses? Um, Roma manager Paolo Fonseca over the last month has made it very clear. He said he wants an experienced defender, which Smalling certainly checks that box. And he also said he wants a quick defender. He checks that box as well. Um, However, his football really is dictated upon uh, possession, playing the ball from the back. Um, It doesn't really seem he checks that one, but maybe you can elaborate further on where he excels and where his weaknesses lie. His main strength is his physicality. He's a really good one-to-one physical defender. I remember a lot of games against Chelsea when Diego Costa was there. He certainly did a good job on him. Uh, Kasper Dolberg, if I remember correctly, in the Europa League final. He can stick to defenders well if he's given a task. He's really good tight defending, although with VAR that might be a problem from set pieces. But his real weakness, which I would worry about, and as you say, possession style, he's very poor on the ball. His passing's very... It can look... Uh, lackadaisical at times and the direction of it is very very poor and whether that was exacerbated by being partnered with Chris uh, Phil Jones for so long I don't know but on the ball is a real weakness for Smalling but if you're looking at someone who can play next to a defender who's good on the ball and you leave Smalling maybe to do the dirty work the physical work man marker um, a particular striker I think you're certainly going to get an improvement there. Okay, yeah, now that that certainly makes sense when you put it in that regard. Uh, Federico Fazio, one of the best on-the-ball defenders that there is probably in all the city. Yeah, so that makes sense. Now, maybe you, could you elaborate further as to why Solskjaer saw him as an expendable name? Now, obviously, uh, Maguire was the one who uh, really generated the headlines with how much uh, United Manchester United paid for him. Now, was Smalling, why was he considered expendable in that regard? Because surely, don't you think he could at least been a, a good secondary option? I think he's not a bad, maybe not secondary, maybe tertiary option for United. But I think the problem with Smalling at United and with Phil Jones is they've both been there quite a while. And for the majority of their United careers, you can split them into two halves. The half with Sir Alex Ferguson, where they both did really good things and enjoyed success and in the half after Sir Alex Ferguson retired where they've both been pretty poor for the majority of that period and United supporters have certainly got a bit tired of both of them and have not wanted them as part of the squad and I think that's sort of permeated into the club now and you've got to remember Manchester United's defence has been pretty pretty woeful for a number of years now I know last season was the first season De Gea really hasn't been at his best, and United conceded did 54 goals in the league. So I think that tells you everything you need to know about the defenders. That's why Maguire was brought in. And I don't think there's a place for Smalling. I think it's more a case of moving players out who've been part of a of a failing team. There's no other way to put it. And then you've got Axel Tuenzebia's return from a good loan spell with Aston Villa. He's impressed in pre-season. You've got other young players there. Timothy Fossumenta will be back from injury and can play centre-half at the turn of the new year. So you're looking, there's not really going to be many opportunities for Smalling to play, maybe Europa League games. And I think it was more in this case um, about getting a player out who maybe the fans had lost trust with over the years. Okay, now from his perspective then, so he, he's arriving on a dry loan. There's no option to buy. Do you think this was done from his perspective to perhaps ensure he gets the first team football that he requires to potentially make England's uh, Euro 2000 or 2020 squad? 
Or do you think this is something that he maybe sees as more of a long-term solution? Hey, it's clear that perhaps my time at Manchester United is done. Let me go to Roma on a dry loan, see if I like it. Maybe Roma qualify for the Champions League, and he views Roma as a long-term solution. Do you, If you just had a guess, obviously we're not inside the player's head, but how do you think he views this move? Well, he's always been happy at Manchester United. He was given a, a huge leadership role uh, under Jose Mourinho, and I think that was something else that irritated supporters. But I think from his perspective, he knows maybe his time at United's up and that there's a, a coach there now who maybe doesn't favour him. You've got to remember, Roma are quite a massive club. This is certainly a, a good move for him. But I think certainly with the terms of the dry loan, um, the, the state of the window, if you will, there's not a lot of time left. This was the only way he was going to get football alone here. Whether he wants to sign with Roma permanently at the end of the season, I don't know. But I think it's certainly a case of he won't be coming back to Manchester United, whatever happens with Roma. I think this is certainly just the, the preamble to getting him out of the door on a permanent basis. OK, now that's fair enough. Now, how do you think he gets on in the city? Yeah, certainly, you described his strengths, his weaknesses. If we're, if we're going to be honest, the, the recent history of uh, particularly English players getting on this in the Serie A is not great. Uh, from a Roma supporters' perspective, their, their last memory is going to be Ashley Cole, which I, I don't know if that necessarily has much to do with uh, moving from league to league as so much it has to do with a player who is in his mid-30s, uh, near the end of his career. But do you think given his strengths, given his weaknesses, he can excel in a much slower, obviously in a much more tactical league? Do you think that's something that could eventually play to his strengths? I think there's been this uh, misconception, certainly in recent years, from fans of the Premier League that Syria isn't of the same standard of quality, which it probably is. But you're right to say it's a little bit slower, more tactical. There's less attacking moves that are happen one after the other. There's more of a break for defenders, I think, in Syria. And that'll help Smalling. He seems to get flustered when there's a lot coming at him at once. But if I was to say, if he's given the task of watching individual forwards shackling one particular forward and not asked to lead a defensive line or bring the ball out from the back if he's just given a task to defend either a zone or just one man I think he'll do a really good job for Roma now uh, from a from a Manchester United perspective um, it seems a little odd that they waited until this point to sell players such as Alexis Sanchez and obviously now Chris Smalling any any ideas to why maybe they're waiting so late after the window is shut in the Premier League to do business like this without being able to bring in a replacement? Or do you think they're just not concerned with replacing these particular players? I, think, I don't think uh, Manchester United are particularly concerned with replacing a lot of the players they've let go. I think maybe if Paul Pogba had left, they would have replaced him. But other than that, I don't think they were that interested in spending huge amounts of money in the summer window just gone. I think the focus is very much on getting a settled style of play this season, maybe qualifying for the Champions League, although that looked very difficult. And then turning towards next summer, obviously they're interested in Jaden Sancho, so they're looking at moves for the future. I think this is just a case of getting players out the door and brinksmanship in a way. European clubs have known they've got this advantage of 25 or so days more than English clubs to sign players, and that puts a lot of pressure on English clubs. There's no rush for Roma to do this deal 10 days ago, whereas now they can get it done. And United don't can't replace him, but obviously I don't think United are that interested, particularly with the, um, Alexis Sanchez. They're quite happy for him to leave, just so they could stop paying all of his mammoth salary because they felt he just wasn't going to add anything. There you have it, Chris Winterburn, everybody. 
Again, you can find him on Twitter as well as Market in English. Chris, thank you so, so much for the time. Really appreciate it and your perspective as well. My pleasure, guys. Thank you, Chris. All right. Andy and I are back. We are here. We thought we were primarily going to be discussing the Derby match against Lazio, but Andy, it emerged that the Mr. X that Gianluca Petracchi has been working on to reinforce the defense of Roma is none other than Manchester United defender Chris Smalling. What was your initial reaction to this? Uh, my initial reaction was, "Oh God Almighty!" That that was it. I mean, that that that's. I mean, that that was my initial reaction, and uh, you know, uh, but but later on, you know, I started thinking about it. Uh, you know, I weighed the pros and cons. Um, I think as a profile, uh, it makes sense. I mean, do I put him ahead of the names that we've been hearing uh, over the past few weeks? I think I think looking at his injury history, definitely better than Lovren, uh, you know, and and way more experienced. Than, you know, if that's what Roma are looking for, then probably that's the the most ideal profile. And also the formula I think for Roma right now of a loan with no no string no strings attached, no obligation to buy, no option is probably the the best thing right now for Roma. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that jumps out to me is the cost. Three million euros for a dry loan, no option to buy. It's very clear that this was the uh, economically conservative and friendly route that Petraki opted to go for. And you just mentioned the qualities. Fonseca has made it clear. He wants somebody who who is quick. He wants somebody with experience and smalling I mean, he checks both of those boxes, right? Uh, I mean, my only fear is, well, beyond the, is he completely a terrible player, just beyond those, is his ability on the ball. So is this is this a name that you're okay with? I mean, in, in your mind, is he is he an appropriate replacement of Costas Manolas? Uh, no. No, I, I, I don't. Th- I think I, th- I think he's uh, 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 an inferior Costas Manolas in the way that uh, he's he's just as quick, um, <laughs> equally terrible with his uh, with his feet, um, and physically physically strong, but 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 sometimes he just goes brain dead. And um, you know, th- this fact was highlighted by numerous videos that have been circling around Twitter uh, today where, you know, you get the Benny Hill soundtrack and, and uh, you know, you, you get his biggest fails as a defender, his au- most awkward moments. Uh, you know, you can do that to any player. The thing with Smalling is that he does it most of the time in fairly important matches that despite being... Uh, such an experienced player having played so many games at uh at Manchester United I think he played like over 300 games if I'm not mistaken um th- that's a lot of games and but but he still has a tendency to to do the wrong thing at the wrong time and um you know then to me the biggest question is because injury history I think is is fairly decent um He's, he's not made of glass. Actually, he was one of the few 
uh, Manchester United center backs that lasted uh, most of the season. Um, you know, if you compare him to his other partners, such as Bailey, who gets injured all the time, um, he basically carried the defense on his own. To me, the, the biggest question is, can he settle into Fonseca's uh, system? Because because if you look at Manchester United in recent years, you know, under the current coach or under Mourinho, uh, talk about parking a bus. Talk about sitting back. That Those, those are two different teams, the, this Roma and, and that Manchester United. So that's that's the main thing that worries me aside from all the other stuff that has been circling around so i guess one of the other questions too is listen he's coming from a league where they in defense at least they really value physicality much quicker don't you think the transition to the premier league to the city could be a little easier for him than if it were the opposite, just because he's coming to a much slower league, not nearly as physical, we all know that, obviously more tactical, so you worry about his qualities on the ball. But are you worried about his adaptation to the to the style of the league? No, you know, listen, I, I think that the physical aspect is very important because if you come to Serie A, you need to be physical because it doesn't matter if you play against Juventus or against Lecce, you'll have people coming at you from all sides and, and going on on you very hard. And he is physical and he can handle physical forwards. Uh, I'm, I'm just concerned about the fact that, um, you know, I was hoping that finally we would get a defender who was comfortable with his, with the ball at his feet, you know, that we went for uh, Paul Lopez because he is good with his feet. And to me, the logical thing to do was to get, Next to Manchini or whoever else you have there, somebody who is who ha- is intelligent when it comes to distributing the ball, handling pressure with the ball on your feet. So, and those are things that, to me, are the biggest question marks when it comes to Smalling. Um, and, and I guess that's something that we'll have to find out, uh, uh, you know, in, in the near future. But if you ask me, can he physically? Uh, adapt to Serie. I think he 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 can. I think he can handle himself. And and most of all, that that to me is this is not like getting Vermalen, who had uh, clear physical problems. Uh, he, Smalling is not made out of glass. Again, it's um. So I'm just you know this is something I I I don't th- I don't know what to say really because uh, it, it seems like it, the opinions are very split. Uh, there are those that are very negative about this, and then there are those who say, "Hey, you know, look at his uh, trophy cabinet. Look at his achievements. Look at his experience." Um, I'm I'm right in the middle. Um, I think it's it's still a gamble, but I like the formula. That it's it's very similar to what Inter did with Sanchez. Um, you know, let's see what happens. Um, let's see what happens. That's I guess. Do you think people are exaggerating or over-exaggerating a little bit as to what kind of player he is? I, I Listen, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and try and fool anybody that I watch uh, Chris Smalling every single, every single weekend. But No, but every other weekend, no? I mean, you, you watch some big yeah, Premier League I games. Mean, sure. 
I just don't think he's nearly as bad as people are making him out to be. Right. Do you agree with that, or do you think there people are right to be a little? No, worried? listen, I, I can understand. I can understand because uh, fans never like when a Mister X comes into play. They always want to know when it's like a last minute thing. They're always skeptical because. You know, oh, we had to go for him. That means we're desperate. You know, all that stuff. I can understand looking at uh, the recent seasons of Manchester United. I mean, Manchester United in the last few seasons, the defense was tragic. And it didn't matter if if they were sitting back and parking the bus. They they were still tragic. I mean, you had had Chris Smalling playing along with Phil Jones, who's probably the biggest walking meme in football history. so, to me, I can understand the, the skepticism, but I hate uh, that there are so many strong negative opinions before the arrival of a player who, you know, is not a kid, is not, you know, is is, is here to, to prove something to himself more than anything else because he's going back to Manchester United at the end of the season. Um that that's all I'm saying is that let's give this guy a chance. I know the history with with English players at Roma is not that great, um, but but you never know. And and uh, injury history is fine. Uh, the physicality is fine. The pace is very important because right now we are lacking pace with Juan Jesus and Fazio. Um, Ball distribution, not not that good, and and and, and IQ, it, it's not that good when it matters. But you know, maybe maybe Serie A with a slower pace, uh, less technical strikers, less you know, just just more rough and tough uh, league. Um, maybe it will be better for him. I mean, this might not be a fair comparison, and maybe I'm I'm reaching a little bit here, but this sort of. The the reaction that he's been receiving really does remind me, and I don't know if anybody remembers that far back because it's been four or five years, but it does it does remind me of the reaction that Chesney got when it was revealed Roma were bringing him in on loan, and that was met with nothing but criticism. Now, I'm not saying he's going to turn out to be at the level Chesney was because he was absolutely sensational for the most part during his time at Roma, but we just but, have but this- at the same time but John but at the same time Chesney was pretty much a flop at Arsenal in uh, in in his last year or so sure but my my point is my point is we we like to bury people particularly at Roma before we even give them a chance um, yes I agree yep. and, and that's the that, that's the long-standing point I'm trying to make I, I the reception he's getting it, it gives me it makes me remember back to that time so it's um it's been interesting to see how people have reacted to this. I, I feel like you have two distinct groups. One one group is like, okay, this is uh, this is all right, and then you have another group that is, oh my god, this is awful. So I guess it just depends what your outlook is. So I, I'm curious now to hear your opinion on this. So they they bring Smalling in for three million euros, not uh, not expensive by any means. So clearly this allows them to potentially splash a little more on a left winger there's also been talks that they could potentially bring in a sixth central defender which i don't believe is possible but we'll have to see i mean is tyson the name that you want to see them bring now i uh, i i really don't know again what 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 we can do right now i'm happy that that defrel is finally leaving maybe that will give us some spark um 
I think I think looking at all the names and hearing all the rumors, now there is a rumor going around that you know maybe they they may another option uh, aside from Tyson maybe some name of a less experienced player, more of a, a so-called scommessa, some young player. There's been the, the talk of Boga at Sassuolo, um, but as Filippo Biafora reported, Sassuolo don't plan on on giving him away. Um, I think I think despite everything, um, Tyson is probably the most uh, cer- certain option. Maybe the most the one that gives you uh, more certainty about what you're actually doing with Fonseca. Um, you're bringing in a guy who, who had a history with the coach, who who the coach considers to be his like sort of focal point of the whole system um not a guy who 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 scores goals or anything like that i mean uh, i i think he has the same number of goals or, or asperotti really um you know it's it's more of a technical presence uh and if you can bring if, if you can bring him in without paying him some massive wages which i'm most afraid of because when you're dealing in these last few days of the market you always tend to make some some sort of stupid mistake and and bringing in a guy of of Tyson's age and paying him huge wages uh for a club like Roma is not ideal so i hope that if it happens it doesn't happen at those circumstances aside from that it's a signing i like what do you think yeah um I mean, when they uh, shocked on Roma, they, they spoke to interme- intermediaries on Sunday, um, late into the night after the match, when Roma drew a Genoa and, and Shakhtar originally quoted them 30 million euros. Um, I mean, obviously, at that price, Roma, myself, most logical people would not be interested at that rate for a 31-year-old. But I do agree with you. Um, profile very similar to Peralti. It just all depends. Wages, cost. I, I don't think he's a bad player. I'm just curious as to what this would potentially mean for Clivert. I don't think he was bad at the weekend against Genoa. I don't think he was great. Still clearly has a lot of growing to do. But with Peralti out, for me, this at least provides an opportunity for Clivert to get a good run of matches. It looks like Peralti is going to be out for at least two months. So, I mean, you, you you spent an important fee on Clivert. Don't you think you would give him the chance now? Or do are, is their hand forced? Do they have to bring in somebody? Because for me, I think there's a reason we saw Florenzi on the wing in the preseason, particularly on the left. You have Zappacosta now. Uh, for me, it almost makes sense to move Florenzi up, play him on the right or the left, put Zappacosta at right back and maybe take a punt on Cliver, but maybe you feel differently. I, I do feel differently. It's because to me, whenever you, 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 someone mentions of putting Florenzi uh, as a, as a winger, that means it's desperation time. And, and, you know, this, this Roma already in last season struggled to score immensely immensely and we had we had El Shirawi who was the leading goal scorer uh that says a lot we had we had Under who was out for most of the season now if Cliver it seems like Cliver started really well for Roma and we are all excited to see him play and 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 
do all sorts of tricks and and he clearly played like we we said it i remember a year ago after that torino game uh the the season opener we say said that he looks like a player who's still not contaminated with the roma virus um and it it's true because he played in such a free flowing manner and then it seemed like every time he did that Eusebio di francesco told him to tone it down to you know play conservatively then Ranieri came on, and I don't remember Cliver playing a, a prominent role uh, under uh, Ranieri. And now it seems like he's struggling to find the right place for himself in this team and what the coach wants. Um, I, I, I watched him in the Genoa game, and he looked a bit out of out of the game compared to his other counterparts, such as Zaniolo and Under, who clearly knew what they were doing. Um so to me, it's always a risk when you when you want to rely on Florenzi as a winger, um, and you also need quality up front. Now we thought Pastore was going to bring in that quality when we signed him, didn't happen. Tyson is someone who who has a lot of technical abilities. You need that. You, you if you want Jeco to perform at this age, at this stage, and still be motivated and, and score, you need to give them, give him those chances. You need someone uh, with great technical skills to, to be able to help him with that. Now, Under is, you know, is a, a young guy who always tries to do the right thing, but for himself mostly, a lot of the time. And I feel like if you want Jeko to, to keep scoring, to, to, to being motivated, you need a guy to support him, just to support him, like we did under Spalletti when Salah was basically uh, uh, Jeko's helper all the time, providing him with with uh, passes, assists, all sorts of things. Um, to me, that is the key. So that is why I would welcome Tyson. Okay, well, fair enough. So let's fast forward then to the weekend. Obviously, Roma play against Lazio side that dismantled Eusebio Di Francesco. What I, I honestly I don't know what to expect. I hate giving predictions to begin with. I couldn't even tell you what a logical prediction would be because I could see it 3 0 to Roma, I could see it 3 0 to Lazio, I could see a draw, I could see a 0 0, I could see every possible scenario just because I don't know what to expect. Um, it would be easier to get an idea if we were recording this after Fonseca spoke because he would probably shed some light on what the lineup would be. I would like to imagine Juan Jesus is nowhere near the pitch, at least from the first minute. You would think Mancini comes in, Fazio, uh, maybe Zapacosta at the back, Kolarov at the back. I would like to see Veritu come into the side, just because I think he could shield the defense way better than what we saw from uh, Cristante or Pellegrini. So I, I honestly don't know what way, the, which way this match is going to go. Again, we're recording this on a Thursday the match is a couple of days away. I don't know what to expect. All I know is that you can't have individual performances at the back like you did against Genoa or else you'll just get punished. I mean, it's that simple, right? Yeah, and, you know, I, I expect to see Florenzi as a winger this time around um, because, again, you're counting on experience in a match of this magnitude. It's logical to bring in Florenzi as a, a winger. Um, I expect Pellegrini to play in, up front instead of Zagnolo if Vertu is is okay to go. Um, and uh, as you said, this is 
I, I don't know. I don't know what what prediction I can really make because I can see us getting thrashed by 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 um, by Lazio. At the same time, I could see us go off uh, because what what I saw against Genoa was a team that that knew really well, at least in the first half, what to do um, in the opponent's half. Uh, they knew how to move, and you know, Lazio. They've always had uh, shaky defense, at least in, in the last couple of years. Um, I, I think they sold Wallace, so unfortunately we cannot count on him uh, screwing up. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is... It, it can go both ways. Um, I think it, it it's going to be a game that will... You know, turn Fonseca into a into a hero. It can turn Fonseca into a hero. It can turn him into the bi- biggest clown. Uh, the newspaper. Th- that's how the newspapers in Italy uh, work, um, and th- that's probably how it's going to be. Uh, so again, I, I, I expect all sorts of things, but I do expect a team that is more physically ready and hopefully a defense that knows what it's doing i'm not going to buy this yet i'm on uh, gazette uh, dello sports website they have uh, zappa costa fazio juan jesus colorov at the back cristante pellegrini uh, in that mediano role and then under zaniolo florenzi with jekyll up top now again i i'm skeptical that's what it will ultimately be um certainly nobody wants to see juan jesus out there but um again it doesn't really matter which names are out there if you have those individual heirs at the back it it won't matter which name it is if they're the one screwing up they're going to be in big trouble so i guess let's just take this from uh, given this is only the second match of of the season or i should say of the city campaign i mean how how important is this one i mean setting aside that it's an actual derby it's the second match of the season I mean, do you consider this one a must-win? Because when we initially spoke after the calendar came out for the City A, uh, I said that the first 10 matches were very, very generous. I thought they had to do well during those first 10 matches. Otherwise, I would see that it'd be – or I, I thought that it would be extremely difficult for them to really get much out of the season. I thought it was very important for them to start very well. Obviously, drawing at home against Genoa in the first match of the season is not an ideal result. In my opinion, I think there's an issue if they get thrashed against Lazio. De- definitely, uh, it, it can. A, a derby always works wonders on the on the on the uh, psyche of players and the morale of the team in the locker room. So that's always important to get it right. But but at the second, you know. I, I find myself looking at this, considering what we saw against Genoa, I just find, and I remember telling myself that this is a year where Roma cannot screw up and they cannot, they have to get in top four because otherwise I just, I don't even want to see the numbers in the, in the books uh, and what we would have to do if we miss uh, the Champions League again. But, but part of me says that if you really want to buy into this whole new experience with Fonseca, you need to give him time. You need to give him time. And we saw that against Genoa. We saw a team that that what that had an idea of what it wants to do going forward, 
and we saw a team that despite the three goals uh and despite the 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 very much publicized uh, awful defense did not allow many chances of course to a team like Genoa but still it 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 showed a team that was more comfortable uh, uh sitting uh, uh, more 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 forward more, more towards the opponent's half um so that's important but it it also showed a team that is still in the works and it, you know i can understand fans not accepting it but i would not be able to understand management willing not to accept it that this is this is a work in progress you know if for once in in roma's life can we please have a work in progress in which we really believe um because i think fonseca has all the 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 ideas to do it um so to me you know of course as a roma fan i want to win this derby i want to win this derby and i want to see uh, roma uh, get a fantastic result but at the same time it's it's the second day in the season and yes the morale would be down if we, if we would lose it but it's this team still needs to gel this team still needs to find the 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 right ways to do things so um, I'm just open for any result, really, and uh, I'm not pessimistic, but I'm I'm also not optimistic too much. So it, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm the same way. Keep your fingers crossed. Hope for the best. So um, just to end this here, let's say that the transfer window were to close right now. Let's say Tyson doesn't arrive. Let's say Smalling represents the 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 final piece of the 2019 summer puzzle. How would you grade Pataki on his work from just this summer alone? Um, for me, you, you really have to take this with the understanding that it was clear that Pataki had a lot of cleaning up to do after the departure of Monchi. If you look at what he did this summer and look at the names that arrived last summer in the summer of 2018, very clear that last summer was just nothing short of a disaster. So Pataki was almost given this duty to fix the mess that he had at his feet before really molding the Roma that he had in his mind. So out of 10, if we're just saying, okay, Smalling is the final piece, grade all the, grade all the names that he brought so far. Um, for me, I see a lot of people criticizing him. I, I think Again, people are being a little too harsh, in my opinion. On a scale of ten, I would probably give him a six and a half. I, I was just going. I was just going to say six and a half. You know, um, yeah, I, I, definitely six and a half. Because to me, uh, you know, that that central defender um, was something I was really counting on, and and I knew that I, I shouldn't expect any fireworks from Roma in this off season, and I said it on this podcast that. Listen, we have to brace ourselves for uh, for a summer without any fireworks, and, and maybe it's going to be a difficult summer. It was difficult, but at the same time, you know. And so, I built up some expectations. Um, Smalling was definitely not it, but it's not Smalling's fault. And you know, other the other names are not better. So, to me, that that's the biggest negative is is that. I think we, we should have focused all of our attention on that spot. And, you know, maybe the, the outcome could have been better. Um, but I understand 
everything else that Petraki had to had to do for Christ's sake. He has he had to get rid of Chorich, and uh, somehow he managed to get rid of Chorich. He he got rid of Nzonzi. Um, you know, it, it, he got now he's getting rid of uh, Defrel. So there's been the the work of of selling the dead weight and players not functional to to what uh, what uh, Fonseca wants to do. Um, to me, right now is a big plus because I think that was the biggest challenge. I give him a, a, a lot of points for uh, renewing Agnolo and Under because everybody was, was saying, oh, selling those youngsters, you know, we're cashing in big money for Zagnolo, we're cashing in on, on, on Under. Did not happen. That's an important statement to make. I can see people being happy about renewing Jekko. To me, that's but that's my personal thing. It's it's that after a season like he's had, um, I wouldn't have done it. But I understand that's probably the most logical option out there. And uh, I like the signing of Vertu. Um, I I think it was it, for for a, an off season that should have been tragic, nothing close to tragic after uh, the, 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 not getting Champions League. I I, I think it was all right. But the, that that central defender is still something that worries me and will worry me for most of the season. Um, I hope I hope it doesn't, but that's how I feel about it. I I completely agree with you. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, me personally, I would do. Uh, I would have obviously liked to have seen a much stronger name in defense. But again. Pitsadaki had a lot of cleaning up to do, and Zonzi uh, looks like Santon will leave before uh, the end of the window. Defrel, uh, Olsen still has to leave, as you mentioned, and Zonzi uh, went to Turkey. So I think you have to take things with a lo- you have to add a little bit of perspective. He's he was limited. He had a lot of selling to do. Um, I don't think he did bad. As I said, I would have liked to have seen a much better name a more consistent name perhaps at that central defender role but I think he did well as you mentioned I don't think the renewals can can be simply overlooked I thought those were very important when it became clear that Icardi Iguain were not going to come I think it became very vital to renew Jekyll and not lose him for free so Under Zaniolo Jekyll I thought all three renewals were very important very well done by him so I give him a six and a half. Not great, but not bad as many are making it out. Again, I, I thought he certainly could have could have done better, but I thought for what Roma needed, they needed a bit of a rebirth to the roster. They also needed to get rid of the dead weight, as you mentioned. I think he did well. So we can't um, we can't overlook that. So you and I will be back after the derby against Lazio. As I said, we will keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully they can get a result there. Um, And until then, we will talk to you later. Ciao.